0: Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrett's Horse & Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au.
1: Coming off the back half lap to go, Solosio Matuka, four metres past guarantee, dropped in behind. Now Alfred launches more Vita. gives Solosio Matuka 10 metres start, is now only three metres away though as they get to the 400 in 28.7 third quarter. So the Colt leads the filly, Celeste Matuka on the inside and neck. The green, the outside, Amore Vita looms up, gets closer and closer, and takes it up. 200 to go, Amore Vita shot clear from Celeste Matuka Then came pass guarantee from Patsy Valentine, but she's a star, Amore Vita. Great win first up. Amore Vita, he's down to the run of the line, one comfortably, eight metres pass guarantee.
0: Yeah, Two. pretty impressive. Uh, that was Melton uh, some weeks ago as Chris Barsby joins us. Uh, hasn't she got a good turn? of acceleration and more av to chris i think there was a ninth win on th- that occasion
1: morning everyone she's the real deal this philly and uh, i think if there was a market available for the group one queensland oaks and that race is still a few weeks away she's the click uh, excuse me clear number one c her record as you said is outstanding and uh,
0: just take you off for a moment chris Your records 14 starts at this stage for nine wins and four placings and of course she's by art major and we've got the trainer online now
1: nathan good morning good morning how are you i'm really well let's just rewind before we start talking about this philly 12 months ago you were the toast of the town here in brisbane because amazing dream came up and conquered the carnival she won the inaugural edition of the rising sun Two weeks later, she came out and she won the Tab Blacks of Fague. So 12 months ago, it was just, uh, it was raining roses for you.
2: Yeah, I had a um, had a great time up here. Couldn't have wished for a, uh, a better carnival, really. And I obviously had had the horsepower, which was, um, you know, you can, people dream of getting those sort the of horses around them and we're uh, very lucky to have them.
1: As we now know, Amazing Dream is based in North America. She's competing in those top-flight open-class mares' races up there. She'll go around, in fact, in in uh, on the weekend in one of those big ones in in Canada at Mohawk. Are you still following Amazing Dream closely?
2: Yes, I am. I haven't missed uh, haven't missed a race start yet, but it's good to uh, keep in contact with one of the part owners, um, Gordon Banks. I talked to him, obviously, with him swerving so horses with me at the moment, so. Uh, yeah, he keeps me updated on on how she's going and, and where she's going next. So, uh,
1: no, yeah, follow her with a lot of interest. Is it the roses are red that she's engaged in this weekend? She's up against test of faith.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah, she uh, very smart is over there. As Williams um, always said to me, what, from the get go, um, she was. He was a little bit worried about taking her over there because of, of um, just how how good those horses are over there. But uh, she certainly measured up.
1: But um, yeah, they are. Uh, a lot of it comes down to draws and, and the better run, too. All right. Well, we'll watch with interest there on the weekend. Let's talk about this current star of your stable, Amore Vita, a three-year-old filly, impeccable record. And as I outlined or attempted to outline before, before getting the bug in the throat, uh, she would be the, uh, the number one scene for the Queensland Oaks, the Group 1 Philly's featured during the carnival. She looks so impressive, this filly. Yeah, she is. course well,
2: she's... Um... She's got it really. She's she's very fast, but she can sustain a, a very high speed for a long time. Um, she's she's tough enough to to work um, if she has to, and um, you know, if the, if the races are under suit, she's she's equally as good if you sit her up and, and just come with one run. So, no, she's she is very special, and uh, I think she's she's a filly. Sure she's actually done a good job, but uh, she will kick in better too.
1: Just with that first up win, that was her first start since the New South Wales Oaks back in uh, late February. She hadn't trialled in lead-up to that run at Melton. Did she surprise you? Because it looked like she went above and beyond that night, beating a good one in Celesio Matuka. Uh,
2: yes and no. She sort of wasn't ready to do what she did, but um, the way she was working down, she sort of felt like she was quite a bit better than what she was in her last prep. So... Um, the, her frame and the way she is, she's always going to be a filly that was going to get bigger with age. Um, she come a lot a long way. Last prep, she went from from qualifying and having the first race day start to um, to winning Group One. So, um, you know, she, she's certainly come a long way, and probably uh, having that six weeks out in the paddock and coming back is really been the making
0: of her. Nathan, what did you make of her Oaks run? She was defeated in that. She worked around in the the desk seat and it was a miserable night, wasn't it? It was raining quite heavily.
2: Yeah, it was probably, as good as she went, um, she was probably only maybe 90%, um, 85% that night. She was really, before she left to to go to Sydney, she was a tired horse. Um, You had to give her a go because the the prize money was up and, uh, and she was going still going good. But, um, you know, the, the transport, the trip over, and uh, that the run the week before was was probably just a uh, just not the edge off for a little bit, and maybe final night. Um, as I say, she still went really good, but probably uh, she could go a bit better too.
1: So with that win first up, and it's basically a month between runs, what are the expectations when she lines up here on Saturday night? It's only a small field, but it's high on quality, and you've got to overcome the outside draw, gate six.
2: Yeah, I had a nominated at Melton probably two weeks ago, um, and the race didn't stand up. So that night, uh, that day, I just took her into Geelong and gave her a little run around there just to keep the work up to her. she hasn't done a lot probably the last two weeks and uh, not, you am know, pretty happy that she had that, that little bit of a run around too long and um, just sort of try to keep her up to the mark. But uh, she's probably the only sort of where she was first up this
1: week and, um, yeah, this run should really bring her on. Okay. She she came up by road. You arrived last weekend? Yes, that's right. Okay. Now, there's a couple of boys in this, race that are pretty... Uh, uh, pretty talented. Sugar Apples having its first local run for Jason Grimson. Tim's a Troop is a proven Group 1 performer. Soho Rhapsody is another filly in this race, a proven Group 1 winner. And we always have faith as a horse that you know well coming from your dad's stable. And then there's the local Cat's Eye Beach. Is this field similar to what she met first up to a degree? Like Celesio Matuca, he, 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 would be, well, he wouldn't be out of place in this sort of field. So can you draw any sort of comparisons that way?
2: Uh, probably not. I think Albion um, you know, Park, the, the track's really just set alight the last few months. Um, the, the times they're running now is, is ridiculously fast. So, uh, you know, she's probably, the way it looks, there's going to be enough speed early and she might settle at the back of the field. And, um, they may just run you know, run the, that fast of time overall, but it might not allow her to get into it. Um, so I think Chris will be pretty conservative with, uh, you know, we've got three lots of folks coming up and they're probably more important than this race. So, uh, you know, she's not, um, not one and she's probably not forward enough yet to, to really be sitting outside with a lap to go or anything
1: like that. OK, just to underline how good this Philly is, the fact that you've been able to prize Chris Alford away from a Melton Metro program on Saturday night. So he'll drive at Albion Park, he'll drive this Philly Amore Vita and it's his only drive on the program, I, I think. Just having a quick look through, so did that take much convincing, or was Chris really committed?
2: Yeah, yeah I said to Chris before I left, um, don't feel like you uh, you have to leave a Saturday night meeting to come drive. Uh, you know, when the when the big races come on, you're you're always on, and um, you know it's always your option. Um, if you say you're you're coming, you're, you're definitely on. But uh, he, I gave him a call two days ago and, and he said no I'll definitely be there and ended, I think he had five or six drives at Melton but um, yeah he really loves her and uh, you know, every time I, I've seen him uh, probably sort of four weeks before she come back to her, to the race stage um, he was always asking about it so uh, you can tell that he loves her as much as we do. Well it's a good confidence boost isn't it? Yeah definitely you can't beat having a the same driver on, too, if you, can, if you can help her. He knows her really well now and, um, you know, every, everything uh, about her. And, you know, she's, he's handled her very good all the way through. She's uh, He's never knocked her around or anything like that. Um, so, no, he's, uh, he's been the perfect driver for us anyway.
1: So what are we looking at? Uh, Rick Lafokes, South East Oaks, Queensland Oaks? Is that her campaign? Yeah, I think so, Chris. At this stage, run with that. Okay, the other one I wanted to ask about, uh, just uh, you know, carrying on from last year, Spellbound. Uh, of course, she was beaten in the Group One Golden Girl, went down narrowly. Uh, she's since been retired. That would have been disappointing news uh, for you personally, because uh, I know you were keen to bring her back and give her another shot at that Group One Golden Girl. So she's off to off to stud now.
2: Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, it was a real shame. Um, she's. It was just a really freakish um, paddock accident that that's what caused it and uh yeah, she was she was racing as good as she's ever raced for us. Um, you know, she felt super and and everything like that and the um the the vet uh report on her was that she could make it back but probably to only seventy percent of, of what she's capable of doing. So, um, you know, for us for me as a trainer and, and the owners, um you know it was a very easy decision to, to pull pin and um uh, and do the right thing by her.
1: Okay, a couple of two-year-olds in your stable that I want to ask about as well. One steps out on Saturday night down there at that Melton meeting. Oliver Dan, he was second first up. He's probably stiff not to win that. Uh, he, he just probably got a little rough there at a, at a vital stage. So he could easily go into this race as a winner if, if he had a little bit of normal luck on his side. Yes, he's
2: just a, a horse. um Twelve months, I think he'll be uh, he'll be pretty nice. He's definitely one to keep an eye out. Um, he's got sort of well above average talent, but um, he just hasn't pieced everything together just yet. So he's got to fill into his frame, and um, you know, the racing this season will will certainly bring him on. Um, he's got a lot to learn, but uh, he's
1: definitely got the talent now. Okay, well he goes up against Petrarca on Saturday night. And did you have a two-year-old trial winner? Was it yesterday? Al Vinnie at Kilmore yes yeah he's um, one of the two uh, Vincents we've got in the barn
2: but um, yeah he, he seems like quite a nice horse um, between the two of them are probably probably the better two better of the barn but um, yeah he's he's probably more natural this guy and um, I think we, we can sort of aim up some better races with him
1: so you're a wrap for the Vincents?
2: yeah the other one um, we had he only had three starts last was but um, he, he ran third in the APG final and more um, in the heat, but he's, he seems a, a nice enough horse, and uh, he's just having six weeks out now. But yeah, uh, you know, I really like their attitudes, and they seem to be well gated
1: So um, yeah, wouldn't I'm, I'm be scared to get another one anyway. Okay, excellent stuff. Hey, it's great to have you back in Brisbane again. As I said, you were the star of the show last year, and I'm sure you're going to set, or you're set to play another big role again this year with this very good filly, Amore Vita. Appreciate the time, and we'll see you trackside.
2: No worries at all. Thank you.
1: There's Nathan Purden joining us, Steve. So a More Vita stepping out in that last race there on Saturday night, and Chris Alford will take the drive. So there's a lot to look forward to there with that champion arrangement, making his way north. We've got a, a feature night of racing coming through at uh, Redcliffe tomorrow night. Great card of racing, several features. The Patron's Purse, the three-year-old feature as well. Those uh, heats were staged here Wednesday week ago. Uh, we've got the showcase final, understand start conditions, and we've got the Redcliffe Trotters Cup as well. So it's going to be a huge night of racing here at Ripley tomorrow night. One young man that's going to play a big role at this meeting is Angus Gerrard because he's set to drive Manila Playboy in the patron's purse. And in that three-year-old final, uh, he's down to drive Bangkok DJ. And he was the big winner when that barrier draw was released on mm. Tuesday afternoon because he landed the front-row draw, whereas Teddy Disco, he's got to overcome a second-row draw. Angus is about to join us now. Angus, appreciate the time. Morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. Big night coming up for you. Are you looking forward to these challenges?
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, um, obviously the time of year we all look forward to, and it's great to get on some nice horses
1: through these um, bigger races and uh, race against the best. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the patron's purse. Manila Playboy, first and foremost. How many times do you reckon you've watched the replay of his last start? Oh, fair few, Chris. Um, It was pretty unreal. Does he get faster? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I think so. It was an unbelievable run that night, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, that was huge, you know. Um, you just don't see horses do that off the track. Um, you know, his last half was fifty-three-five, and he was sort of five and six wide rounding the corner and, you know, to run past some pretty classy horses and, like, a, some pretty really good sit sprinters, you know, like Scarlet Babe. She's got a band one and probably nearly as fast as they come when she's right. So to to run on by her was pretty impressive.
1: Did you learn more about Manila Playboy with that defeat than what you've learned from victories in the past?
3: Um, You know, in a way, probably. Um, You know, we thought he was sort of um, going pretty well and he showed that. Um, in his previous runs, but you know, it was pretty awesome to see him put in that sort of effort, Um, as I said, coming wide and um, racing up in grade as well, so you know, he's probably even going a bit better than what we first thought.
1: Well, he's a fit and healthy horse right now, and that's evident with the way he's going, but uh, that speed, it's just lethal, isn't it? Yeah, he's just
3: Brilliant, you know. I, I haven't, you know, I've sat behind Speeches Silver, sort of smart as can be. They're about as fast as they come, and he's definitely as quick, if not quicker. So, um, you know, I don't think there'd be many that can sprint as fast.
1: He returns to record tomorrow night, tackling this Group Three feature. His record here at the track is very, very good. Barrier four, he'll move to barrier three if the emergency comes out. What was your initial reaction with that barrier draw
3: um you know it's probably a little tricky um not ideal you know um but in saying that certainly could have been worse um it's just sort of a little tough to work out where we're going to be
1: are you compelled to go forward because of that draw if you go back yeah you know, you run the risk of getting into a bit of trouble uh, with traffic and whatnot, but are you sort of compelled to run the gate to try and get as handy as possible?
3: Yeah, it's certainly in the back of my mind. Um, I I haven't sort of spoken to Shane in depth about it, but um, I'll have a good chat to him. But I'd say we'll just sort of have a look across when the gate leaves and we'll just suss out what's going on and um, drive what we see in front of us.
1: It's a great lineup, isn't it?
3: Oh, 100%. You know, it's super hot field. You know, you go through it. Captain Crusader, he's flying. Hemsworth, probably going as good as anything. Um, you know, our horse is Group One winner and LBT 2 teams is super form. And then, you know, you've got like Crunch Time. He's proven open class winner as well as sort of Tommy Lincoln. And then, you know, some moment somewhere, he's flying and steps up in grade again. So, sort of, probably won't find a much better field.
1: Yeah. And with Manila Playboy, uh, safely through this run, uh, he'll go to the Queensland Sun and then hopefully the uh, the Rising Sun?
3: Yeah, that's the plan.
1: Okay. Now, also for Shane Fraser, for you tomorrow night, is that Group 2 feature, the three-year-old final. How excited or happy were you with that barrier draw and the news coming through that you've landed a front row draw and Teddy Disco's got to overcome a second row draw?
3: Yeah, I was pretty wrapped in that, Chris. Um, you know, probably couldn't have worked out much better. Um, so two's probably an ideal draw for us. We sort of can just sum it up as the gate leaves and do our own thing and, and sort of stay in front of Teddy Disco and hopefully we can um, maintain that advantage.
1: Do you think you'll lead in this race? Um, yes and no. I mean,
3: I, I would have thought... Most people would sort of be happy to sit on him. Um, but in saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if someone tried to park him. You know, it is a group two race. and You know, people sort of are willing to have a go and chance their arm. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got parked. But in saying that, I don't think we have to be in front to win either.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, he doesn't have to lead to win. Also with this guy... Each and every time he goes around, he looks like he's, you know, starting to work it out. He's been a slow maturing type. He's quite big and gangly, but uh, as far as raw power goes, he looks like he's going to develop uh, into a really nice horse of the future.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the more racing he has, the better he's going to be, you know, he's still got a lot to learn, but he's sort of, as you said, he's getting better every time and he's getting sharper every time he steps out and, um, you know, the sort of performances he is putting in are pretty unreal for our immaturity.
1: Yeah. I, would it be fair to say he's deceptively quick? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: Um, you know, you go back to last prep and he'd sort of sat on the back of a way we go in slow sections and, um, you know, took the sprint lane up the straight and put sort of 10 metres on him in, a couple of strides so um you know he is actually very fast
1: just going back to that heat uh, wednesday week ago was it as easy and as comfortable as it looked
3: yeah yeah definitely he, he was really good um which it, it was sort of ideally had a nice soft run you know he did park out in 53 you know on the friday before that so um Nice soft run was perfect, and he still peeled home in a pretty good last half. And you know, I never moved on him, and he actually carried a flat tire from about 300, so it was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Teddy Disco, how did you rate his performance? Yeah, he
3: was good. You know, um, I don't think there was a whole lot between their two heats. Um, I thought they were both probably as good as each other, but um. You know, I think our horse has still got plenty in the tank and hopefully with that advantage at the gate, we can use that.
1: Okay. Well, we look forward to those two features. Just on those two-year-old heats tomorrow night, Regazzo Dantilli. draw the inside of the second row. It's probably not ideal, but he's going well, isn't he?
3: Yeah, he really is. He's. Um, I thought his run was super last week. Um, you know, he ran home a really nice last half and a really good quarter and... Um, you know, to get the second, Tardelli was handy on speed. We were back last for a fair portion of the race. So um, I thought he ran home well, which is probably the one place we didn't really want to draw. But in saying that, you know, we're probably going to be close to the speed um, from there. So we'll just work out where we can get to and finish as close as we can. Look forward to next week, hopefully.
1: Okay. And just a quick one. Sir Fahrenheit, how did he come through last week? Yeah, he was good, Chris. Um, he, he, we were
3: happy with his run. You know, he's he's not primed yet. We'll um, sort of wind him up over the next couple of weeks, hopefully leading into that DJA final. His work's been good since. and He pulled up well. I was still really happy with his run, you know, to park out. He, he was still brave. He didn't get deep far. So, um, you know, full steam ahead through to the carnival.
1: If he did start in that Trotters Cup tomorrow night, what sort of handicap do you think he would have been facing? 40 metres around that sort of mark?
3: Oh, look, I'm not sure. I think realistically, like, what did Wee Man Trouble get? 30, maybe? Yeah. I I don't really think he's entitled to be any further back than Wee Man Trouble. You know, he's a Group 1 winner. He's a Band one as well. And he's won his last couple. So I would have thought if we went there, we would have been off
2: 30 as well. Okay.
1: Well, we'll look forward to seeing him step out in those feature-trotting events throughout the carnival. Really appreciate the time this morning, Angus. Uh, best of luck tomorrow night. Some great opportunities.
3: No worries. Right. Thanks very much, Chris.
1: There's Angus Gerard joining us. So uh, it's a great program and another trainer that's going to play a really strong hand tomorrow night is Shannon Prize because her team is primed and ready to go. They've been in super form. Over the past couple of weeks, a, a number of her performers have been performing at that really high level. Some moments, somewhere, speak the truth is aiming towards the derby features. There's a number of others within the stable, including the Trotters as well. Van saying, We Man Trouble, who steps out tomorrow night. She joins us online now. Shannon, appreciate the time.
0: She's with us now, Chris. Are you there, Shannon?
1: Yeah, I'm Shannon, here. good morning. Yep, Are that's all right. Uh, yes. Busy night for Law Stable tomorrow night. There's a number run of runners stepping out.
4: Yeah, I think we've got seven there
1: tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go through these vigor races first, and we'll start with the patrons' purse. Julie represented here. Another statement and some moments somewhere. I'll start on some moments somewhere because he's got this unbelievable wing streak going right now. Thoughts on the draw.
4: When uh, somebody said we're all our barrier draws for Friday night, I thought somebody was pulling my leg, but yeah, no. <laughs> he's drawn 10, so that's, we've got to deal with it.
1: But you can't have him any better, surely?
4: Um, No, well, like, I mean, he hasn't raced for a month, but he did try a really good last Tuesday, as well as could be expected, so we're going in, um, yeah, pretty much an arrow game.
1: Just on that trial last week, uh, Juleby Kung Fu won the trial, beating Big Wheel, Girada's Delight. Your guy was snapping at the heels in fourth spot. You would have been thrilled the way he attacked the line, given those sectionals that were recorded up front.
4: Yeah, well, we said to Adam, we said, just, you know, give him an easy trial, even though they'll probably run along a bit. So that's why he just didn't really pull him out. But he said he was, yeah, he still had a bit left.
1: Mm. The best thing about this guy, in my opinion, his versatility—he can lead, he can do some work in his races, as he's proven already, and he can follow a good tempo. So he's got the all-round game.
4: Yeah, now that's exactly right, Chris. He can—he's versatile enough. Um, it's just a matter of what everyone else does in the race, I guess, as which way Adam drives him.
1: You've seen plenty of patron and purse races staged before. Is this the strongest field you've seen assembled?
4: Um. One of them. I mean, went better than Special one a few years ago. We had Major Cam in there, so, you know, that was a pretty good race as well. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's always, it's always a hard race to win with, with the, you know, the track and the way everything plays out. But, yeah, no, it's a pretty good field. Yeah,
1: but it's going to generate tempo, so that's going to suit your guy.
4: Yeah, yeah, well that's that's exactly right. I mean with Captain Crusader drawn one, everybody thinks oh he just leads and wins, but I don't think that's the case. Hemsworth's got enough gate speed to, to cross him as he's proven before. So, you know, if Peter McMullen puts his foot flat to the floor, I think he's a big chance of crossing and if that's the case, then you know the speed will be on.
1: No dear. Uh, so out of this race he goes to that Queensland sun and then hopefully the rising sun?
4: Yeah, that, that's the way we'll sort of track along. I mean, it's probably not 110% ideal for him, you know, with the grade that he's in. But, you know, it's one of those things, you, you run out of time if you want to pick and choose all the races you go in. But he's definitely up to it as, it, as it showed in his trial. He can match it with the best ones. But it's just, yeah, hopefully he can, you know, keep stepping up like I know he can.
1: Mm. Another statement, he's got a poor draw as well. He's got the outside of the front row. But he's an underrated type. He's got a great record.
4: Yeah, no, he's actually going really well at the moment, like as Adam said after his last run, he had the quicker sectionals in the race, quicker than Captain Crusader so he's actually low flying and yeah, he's just, just really sort of in the zone at the moment so you know, he just needs the right run and he can figure as well because he's already a proven 154 winner around the track and that's as quick as what a lot of the others have run around there, if not quicker so, you know, he's, he's, he's right up to it just the baby chore hurts him a lot
1: Yeah, What's his program look like moving forward after tomorrow night?
4: Uh, Redcliffe Cup next week, and after yeah, that, it's... I don't
1: know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll get through these uh, uh, races first, and then we'll uh, put something down in concrete after that. Let's go through the other runners for tomorrow night. Beach Magic, race one, number one. Can he lead and go all the way here?
4: Um, He can lead, yes. He's got enough gate speed to hold. Um, that does put the, the favourite in the best possible position to beat us, but... You know, he can also come off the speed, as he's proven. So, again, whatever Adam decides to do, he's he's the man. I just get them ready for the races. He's he's the man that does it on the track. So, it's his call always. But, um, yeah, no, he's ready to go. He trialed good in front last week. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, as I said, it's up to Adam whether he decides to hold the lead or hand up.
1: Okay. One of the most interesting runners all night tomorrow night, is Kofi Blaze in race two. First start for your stable. She's unbeaten this filly. She oozes quality and she's got uh, abundant speed. She's had a couple of trials. How's she going? And obviously, she's on an Oaks mission.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Queensland Oaks are her main target, providing she keeps improving. Um, you know, she was a bit of a, a barrier manners horse to start off with when I got her, but... In her true recent trials, we've seemed to have sorted those manners out, so she's got away good. Um, I just haven't put her in the draw yet, um, so she's she's quite a sort of a funny horse where she likes to get set in her ways and she doesn't like change too much. So I thought I'll oh, first start, I'll leave her where she is, and that way she'll get away and be comfortable, and then I'll put her back in the draw probably after tomorrow night. But yeah, definitely Queensland Oaks, um, about these Queensland Oaks, probably Redcliffe Oaks as well, that's why she's up there having a look. Come uh, from all reports. Yeah, she's she's got ability, but a few tricks. But yeah, no, it's a looks a winnable race for her. That's for sure.
1: Without putting the moz on you, she's been perfect in those trials.
4: Yeah, yeah. I oh, she's to the eye, she looks perfect. But you know, as far as what the driver reports back with the steering wheel, yeah, we've just made a few little a <laughs> few little changes and all that to her. But um, yeah, and, yeah. Like her manners have been impeccable. Like she's matured and improved out of sight around the stables where she was. When she first got here, she had a mind of her own, but we've ironed that out and she's a little angel now. So, And that's someone on the track. It's just a matter of uh, hooking the motor up to the head and away we go.
1: Yeah. Good test, though. Gate six at Reckler, first look at the track. It, it, it's not easy, that assignment.
4: No, I always say it's an automatic 20-metre handicap because it's 20 metres from the top to the bottom of the track. So wherever you are, you are got to give them 20 metres start regardless.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, we'll look forward to uh, see her in action tomorrow night. As far as the two-year-olds are concerned, hold on to your bling. Uh, He steps out in race three. He's got gate six as well. He had a trial on Tuesday. Were you happy with that trial?
4: Uh, Yeah, yeah, he just did what he had to do. It was just we wanted an easy trial and just for him to finish off, and he he broke 28 for his quarter. Um, He was originally the fastest two-year-old in Queensland of the season, but he's since been beaten by one other horse. He's got ability, but he's just, yeah, bad draw, but he can definitely win that race.
1: Were you happy that you didn't have to go up against Tardelli? Oh, well, we'll have to face
4: him next week, providing we get through safely tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, no, Tardelli's good. Um, but, you know, it's that track brings everybody back to a level playing field with barrier draws and, and tempo and everything. So it's one of those things, yeah. went <laughs> right till the barrier draw comes out.
1: Mm, yeah, uh, we'll wait and see there. Midnight somewhere. Is he likely to get a start in that three-year-old feature?
4: Oh, I don't know, Chris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I do not know. We'd have to ask everyone else that question. But um, <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's not drawn real good. And he's the outsider of the field. He had, a, he had a little hiccup in his last run. I, I did a gear change on him, and yeah, it backfired. So that that explains why he didn't qualify for the final. But he'll be he'll be better for the final, providing he gets a run. And it's just a matter of, um, yeah, whether he does or he doesn't. And who knows? Right. We'll know tomorrow morning.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, we Man Trouble goes around in the reckless Trotter's car. He's won this previously, hasn't he?
4: Yeah, I think it was two years ago. I think that was, yeah. Yeah, two years ago he won it. Yeah, but he was off the front that time. This time he's got 30, so he's... Uh, yeah, just obviously a lot harder, um, not a big field. I mean, Indefensible tried really good on Tuesday, and it, it's got a 30-metre let up from us, so you know, it's always going to be hard to chase them down, but he's definitely got quality to to, to stretch the whole field.
1: He was retired, and then you've brought him back. Since you've brought him back, uh, he, he's going as well as ever.
4: Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a funny story that he got away on the lead one day here, and he stuck his back leg in a hole in a soft spot in, in the, inside the track, and he put an 8 millimetre tear in his back suspensory and the vet scanned it and said, you can give him 12 months off. He said, I've never seen another horse return to the track with this type of injury, let alone a trotter, which is even harder for them. So do 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 you know, do what you want. So we gave him three months off and he was up at Margaret Donoghue's and she said he was trotting around the paddock full speed and looked sound. So I had him re-scan and the vet said, up there, give him another four weeks off and he's right to come into work. So 12 months turned into... Uh, four months and yes yeah, he's back and he put on about 50 kilos in his spell and i can't get it off him and he's just racing while carrying the excess
1: Wow, so there you go take 12 months or you know possible retirement for good but you, you've got him back after four months
4: yeah yeah so the water walker helps with things like that you can you can get work into them without them pounding the track and that but He's just, um, as I said, like he's carrying plenty of extra weight, but he's just, yeah, so far so good touch wood. He's still got to get through this weekend in the BJA. But, yeah, we look after his leg every day and that. And, yeah, it's just a blessing that he's back because I know how much ability he's had. And he's not, he's he's only had 60-odd starts, so that might have helped him too. But, yeah, it was amazing when when he, yeah, was able to come back. Yeah, great
1: recovery. And he is obviously going to aim to say it again.
4: He's one of my favourites, so that's probably half the reason why he came back against Scotland. (laughs) They didn't want him to come back, but I
1: I put my foot down. (laughs) Okay, well, it's a good thing that you did bring him back because he's absolutely flying. And the DJA, it's a series that he's won before, being a Group 1 winner, so that's the next target. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, Van sank he was scratched last week. Any update on him?
4: Uh, Just a hoof abscess. Um, It's all cleared up now, so he's... He's back, he'll resume probably at the trials in a fortnight's time and he'll get ready for the, he'll miss the DJA, so he'll be back for the Trotters Cup and the trotter Sprint Races straight after the DJA. Yeah, the mobile
1: races, aren't they?
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're probably. Yeah. It's it's like anything, like they're free for all grade now, so going in discretionaries or band races is very hard for them, so I keep him to the mobile if I can and both those races come up with a mobile and when he had the hoof abscess, I'm like, this is perfect. I get to, to rest him and he'll, he races good fresh, so he'll be straight back into those two.
1: All right, excellent. And speak the truth. What's he up
4: to? <laughs> Hoping you weren't going to mention him. <laughs> um, no, he had a little tiny setback after his last second to um, danger zone. He actually pulled up with a abscess in his heel as well. And with all the wet weather, I mean, it's just everyone does that. And it just took a little bit longer to, to come out, but he's back hobbling. you will probably miss the Redcliffe Derby, but he'll be right for everything else after that.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that's good news. I was fearing the worst when you sort of laughed and said, "Oh, I you, not think i to, to <laughs> talk about him." So, <laughs> South East Derby, uh, Queensland Derby, Rising Sun was never part of his agenda, wasn't?
4: No, no. That's that's some moment somewhere because he's a four-year-old. I mean, three-year-olds in that race, yes, they draw good and everything like that. But you know, with with the class of horse that's in there, he would be a three-year-old having his 12th start against horses that have run third numerical mile. I think that's a bit hard for them.
1: Yeah. The form line looks terrific for him. As you said, the last start runner up behind danger zone in really fast time. He, he's won again since. So his form is terrific. And he's another one each and every time he steps out, he's getting better.
4: Yeah. Well, the, the getting beat last start didn't really worry me. I mean, you know, everyone likes to keep the picket fence in a row, but I'm more about the horse, you know, doing the talking for you and, you know, I didn't expect them to run as quick as what they did overall in that race, seeing as the second quarter was only 30. And, I mean, my guys are great today and could have gone quicker the second quarter and probably, you know, the result may or may not have been the same. We don't know. But he definitely can, you know, he's very strong and fast. So he, he's got it all.
1: I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. You've got the Derbys coming up here, South East Queensland derby. The Victoria derby has definitely got to be on the radar later this year in Melbourne. Just... Just with an eye to the future, the the tab Eureka is that a is that a potential target for to speak the truth?
4: Um, my potential target with him is to jog him tomorrow and hobbling Saturday. That's as far ahead as I think, and each day is a proven <laughs> thing because we had the South, we had the Redcliffe Derby on the radar, and obviously that's a big chance of being missed now. And it's their horses; there. every day they give you something new. So they pop up with some idea why they don't or do want to race. So. We just take it day by day. But, yeah, um, as far as Victoria, there we go. It's one of those things. We'll see how he gets through everything here and work out how long he has to spell because I want to get him back to the chariot, the fire in Sydney. So I'd love to get him on Menangle. So um, we just got to work out how long off he can have and, yeah, work out his bit of a rough plan for him.
1: All right, well, let's hope that he gets through tomorrow and Saturday and then it's onwards and upwards for those uh, derby features during the TAB Constellations. Really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck tomorrow night. It's a big hand you play.
4: Yeah, thanks for that, Chris.
1: There, Shannon Price joining us. So uh, just looking at those speeches, TAB have gone up with Market Steve, the Patron's Purse, Captain Crusader 2.70, Hemsworth 12, Manila Playboy 12, LB2 Chain 17, another Statement 61, Artillery 320, Crunch time five, the raconteur 41, some moment somewhere 14, Tommy Lincoln, $17. So first look at that market, they're mapping it leader behind leader with Captain Crusader Artillery uh, headlining uh, that field. And as far as the three-year-old feature is concerned, Bangkok DJ, he's at forty five with that uh, significant barrier draw advantage over Teddy Disco, who's at 290. She's notorious the filly who draws the ace. Cam Hart will take the drive, $9.50. And then we're looking at uh, long odds for all other runners. So $1.45 about Bangkok DJ in that uh, Group 2 feature coming through tomorrow night. There'll be obviously more markets coming through uh, tomorrow for those uh, other features on that card, including the Trotters Cup. But uh, it's going to be a cracking night of racing here tomorrow night. And that dovetails into Saturday night where we've got the open class feature, the Lucky Creed and Spirit of St. Louis. Jack Callahan will take the drive on that uh, runner for Belinda McCarthy. And uh, he goes up against Majestic Cruiser having his first look at Albion Park, uh, this campaign for trainer Jason Grimson who arrived on Tuesday afternoon. So really looking forward to the weekend, Steve.
0: Yeah, I just watched his trial this morning actually, Chris Spirit of St. Louis, just scrambled for a few strides didn't he in that recent trial, but he looked good just sitting in behind and then grabbing the leader in the last couple of bounds.
1: Yeah, he did. They
0: trialled a couple last night
1: here at Recklow, Steve, the McCarthy stable. Max Shard, who's two for two, track record first up at Albion Park, then he won the uh, uh, the flashing red. He smashed the track record here last night in a stand start to trial over 2,613 metres, the same distance as the Recliffe Cup. So he's right in the zone right now. There's no question about it. He's going to be so hard to be here next week. And the three year old that's just arrived from New Zealand can't find a better man. Uh, son of sweet, Louie's got the big balding phase. He was able to lead all of the way. I think he rated about 56.6 for the uh, the 17.80. Uh, really strong uh, all the way through, just kept building on the pressure. First half, middle half, last half. So, obviously, they will probably look at the Reckliff Derby coming up here next week, and then they will look towards the southeastern Queensland Derby. So, good, uh, good firepower within that stable right now.
0: Lovely. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Steve.